welcome back. This is episode two of Marvel. Part of the journey is the end. Today, we shall be analyzing Iron Man 2, which is, of course, a good movie. It it first introduces Don Cheadle as, as Rhodey, which, in my opinion, was an amazing addition because I... I I didn't hate the the Rhodey from Iron Man, but Don Cheadle is an amazing, just an amazing Wormshin or Rhodey. But <clears throat> and so we shall start analyzing now. Okay, so at the beginning in Russia, the media covers Tony Stark's disclosure of his identity as Iron Man. Ivan Vanko, whose father, Anton Vanko, a former Stark Industries employee, has just died, which is sad, sees this and begins building a miniature arc reactor similar to Stark's. Ivan does, because Anton can't, because he's dead, so. Poor him. But, nonetheless... Uh, he starts making the arc reactor. Six months later, Stark is a superstar, and he uses his Iron Man suit for peaceful means, and he resists, he's resisting the government pressure to sell his designs, which is good, because the Iron Man suit would create global warfare. Literally. Every country would want to get it. And they do. You can... It, it's, it shows you it. To continue his legacy of his father, Howard, he reinstitutes the Stark Expo in New York City's Flushing Meadows Corona Park. So, well, to be fair, this is 2010, so 10 years before we had to worry about Corona in America, of course. But, yeah... Later, Stark learns that the palladium core in the arc reactor that keeps him alive and powers the armor is slowly poisoning him. Sad, of course. And he cannot find a substitute. Growing increasingly reckless and despondent about his impending death and choosing not to tell anyone about his condition, Stark appoints his personal assistant, Pepper Potts, uh, as CEO of Stark Industries, and hires Stark employee Natalie Rushman to replace her as his personal assistant. Stark competes in the Monaco Historic Grand Prix, where he is attacked in the middle of the race by Vanko, wielding electrified whips, which obviously is whiplash, so which is from the comics. Uh, Stark Don, they never actually call him whiplash in the movie but we know it in heart to be honest uh when i first saw this movie i had not been reading the comics as much so i'd really only known about whiplash don't laugh but from the phineas and ferb special so which is great of course uh, uh, but to be honest, those heroes would never really make it together. Well, the villains would never make it together. Like, 
maybe Modok and Red Skull, but Venom and Whiplash and all those guys? Nope. Let's just get real here, okay? But technically, it's not canon, so doesn't really matter. But if you're a stickler, yeah. Uh, so Stark dons his armor and defeats Vanko, but the suit is severely damaged. And how he gets it is pretty funny. Like, he has a briefcase that when he opens and he can, like, put his hands in it. And, like, the, the armor just goes around him. It was a pretty cool scene, but just Ivan's like, takes this long? Well, anyway, uh, Vanko explains his intention was to prove to the world that Iron Man is not invincible, which he obviously isn't, but, and impressed by Vanko's performance, Stark's rival, Justin Hammer, which isn't a good guy, but he's mean and dumb, so, well, he's not mean, but just dumb. Uh, but he fakes Vanko's death while breaking him out of prison and asks him to build a line of armored suits to upstage Stark. During what he believes is his final birthday party, Stark gets drunk while wearing the Iron Man suit. Disgusted, Stark's best friend, U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes, as I said, is now which was which was first played, which was played by somebody else in the first movie, but is played by Don Cheadle now, which is awesome, and in this one he is. Uh, he dons Stark's prototype armor and tries to restrain him. The fight ends in a stalemate, and Rhodes confiscates the armor for the U.S. Air Force. So yeah, that's how he got his suit, of course. Uh, but then Nick Fury, the director of Shield, which is a very important part, uh, but, and SHIELD stands for Strategic Hazard Intervention, uh, Espionage, uh, Logistics Directorate, if you, uh, want from the comics, but in, but in the comics in 1991, it was changed to Strategic hazard intervention. Uh, it it was changed in that to strategic hazard intervention, espionage, logistics, directorate. But it was first Supreme Head Headquarters International Espionage and Law Enforcement Division. Uh, but in the in the in it's changed in the cinematic universe to strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division. So. Yeah, of course, but, uh, he approaches Stark, revealing that Rushman, Natalie Rushman, is Agent Natasha Romanoff, Romanoff, also known as the Black Widow, uh, and her movie is coming soon, in July, uh, and that Howard Stark was a S.H.I.E.L.D. founder, whom Fury knew personally, he also, uh, was a part of he was. He also helped during World War Two, but I'll but I'll be getting in more into that in episode th in episode three. I mean episode four. <laughs> I I mean es episode five. I, I'm 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 just a little confused today. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I will be getting into it in episode five. Uh, but uh, and it's. 
uh, and Fury explains that Vanko's father and Stark invented the arc reactor together. But when Anton tried to sell it, Stark had him deported because thought he was a spy. But he obviously wasn't. Or maybe he was. It doesn't really say, but... Uh, uh, the Soviets sent Anton to the Gulag... Uh, and Fury gives Stark some of his father's old material, and Tony discovers a hidden message in the diagram of the 1974 Stark Expo. It proves to be the a diagram of the atomic structure of a new element. Of the aid of his AI Jarvis, later to be known as Vision, uh, Stark synthesizes it, and when he learns that Vanko is still alive, he places the new element... And, and his arc reactor ends his palladium dependency. At the expo, Hammer unveils Vanko's armored drones, which are just, like, sort of robots, you could say. But, yeah. And, and led by Rhodes in a heavily weaponized version of the prototype armor, also known as War Machine Mark I or Two. I don't know if you would call it Mark one because it's the first war machine armor that's been souped up or mark two because he stole it and then he made it differently but <clears throat> yes and stark arrives to warn Rhodes, but vanko takes remote control of all the drones and Rhodes' armor and attacks stark hammer soon gets arrested for breaking vanko out of prison while romanoff and stark's bodyguard happy hogan uh played by john favreau who also directed this which is also nice, but, uh, and they go after Vanko at Hammer, Hammer's factory. Vanko escapes, but Romanoff returns control of Rhodes' armor to him. Together, Stark and Rhodes defeat Vanko and his drones. Vanko commits suicide by blowing up his suit along with the defeated drones. <laughs> that's a little, mm, that's a little sad if you think about it, but he does. Uh, and at a debriefing, Fiora informs Stark that because of his difficult personality, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. intends to use him only as a consultant. Stark and Rhodes receives medals for their heroism. In a post-credit scene, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Coulson reports the discovery of a large hammer at the bottom of a crater in a desert in New Mexico. And I think you know what that means. It means that... It's setting up Thor, so that's nice. By the way, I'm not going to be getting into The Incredible Hulk because it sucks. I know that's my opinion, but I take my opinions very strongly. I don't consider it part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know it is, but I don't consider it that. So yeah, thanks for watching.